in the MotoGP race, we had probably maybe one of the best races of the year for Fabio Quadraro. Um, big statement and a big moment. Fabio wins the race. A big race, big moment for Alex Renz to finish second. Congratulations. And then maybe even bigger than both of those, the first Aprilia podium by Alicia Espargaro. What do you think, Bo? Where do you want me to start? Because, I mean, the opinions are going to fly. You know? (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, let's start with the guy that deserves the praise for running an unbelievable race in Fabio Quattararo. There's not another superlative that I can think of that I haven't used. And that's tough for you because you're really not a big Fabio fan. No, I, 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 I know I do like Fabio. I respect Fabio. I love how much fun it looks like he's having all. Um, I love that he's been around. You know, they show the pictures all the time of him with Rossi when he was like, <laughs> and Rossi in 2008. You know, he's there, and you know, it's uh, Fabio is 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 such a great rider absolutely deserves that factory seat mm-hmm. and he's well on his way now he's got one hand on that world championship trophy oh without a doubt you know and and you know fabio wasn't the so often times we see fabio goes out and he you know sets a blazing fast time you know in free practice and he was he's obviously towards the front during all this weekend um but he didn't look like the normal you know so far ahead of everyone um Fabio that we normally see, you know, setting lap records no. left and right. Um, but you know, and, and especially with Paul Spargo, who got on, who who qualified, who got on pole position, you know, to start the race, which was a shock to me. Um, it, you know, Fabio though, this race, this was the first four laps of this race were just such a mature ride from Fabio to me. He was completely patient. He was poised. Uh, I mean, he and then he all he did was he went out and ran his laps, you know. And and how many times do we hear, well, the Yamaha has to get out front first because if they can't run their lines, then they've you know then they're all screwed up and they get stuck behind people. Well, this is a fast track. This is this this track has a lot of big acceleration acceleration zones where it's tough where it could be tough for a Yamaha to get past a Ducati a Honda you know any other bike that, that any bike yeah that has any kind of speed and acceleration coming out of a corner compared to a Yamaha and Fabio Maybe. did it in four laps yeah by lap he, five he, did. he hit the front yep. and he never looked back so yeah. that's true. But but this this track also has a lot of speed on the edge of the tire, and that's where the Yamaha Absolutely. excels. Yep. So their corner speed has always been their thing. You know, I, I think your everything you said was right about what Fabio did in his weekend. But what Fabio has done all year is qualify. He yep. has qualified yep. every week, and he he's a great qualifier. He's got that figured out. You're right. Fast one lap speed, but we also see that he can keep consistent fast laps because he's won a lot of races and he's the world championship leader for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I think you, you're hundred percent right. I, I, it would have been easy um, for him to think that maybe he couldn't do something because it's got 
concentration zones. But honestly, that this section of the track where you're on the side of the tire and you are flat out, that's that's probably one of the best uh, you know sectors of track on the calendar, and and it suits the Yamaha perfectly because that's what it does so well. So he was he was losing time in sector three, mm-hmm. but in the other three sectors, he was able to um, pull away. So, you know, I want to know, know, I'm curious to know how much, you know, because we've seen that when Fabio gets out front, he just outpaces the the rest of the field. And, you know, we saw his rookie season with Patronus in the, in the many fights that he got into with Marquez on track. You know, Marquez let him lead a lot of laps. And then Marquez would always attack, yeah. you know, the last two laps, last lap. And he would wait, you know, and just how much leading those laps did Fabio really learn how to pace the field, you know, and 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 he really learned, I think, how to stretch the field a little bit to say, okay, well, I know I can do this for this many laps. Let's see what you can do now, and and see if you can come catch me, um, because we know that when Fabio hits the front, he wants to stretch the field immediately. He wants to pull him, you know, see who's going to try to keep up with him. And I think that's how he gauges that pace, possibly, is to see what kind of gap he's going to open up. If he opens up a good gap, he's going to start managing that gap and, and ride to that gap. And, and you know, that might we might that might be kind of a, an obvious thing to say, but I think that Fabio's execution of that is, is second to none right now. I agree. I, I, so I, I was an interesting conversation he was having in the garage when his team was celebrating, and he was talking about when he did the when he got to the lead. He said, "I saw that I pulled out point seven, and he said I could go faster, but I thought, well, there's no need to push because if I can pull point seven without pushing, I'll just do that." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is that. He's on another level because he said, oh, I could have run, you know, 159s, but I didn't need it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. And he had so, a bad crash, too, in practice. Yeah, yeah, he hurt his ankle. So so he had the speed, the confidence, and but he also had the race craft to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm not going to put myself in any danger if I don't need to. If they can get down to the 159s and they can start catching me, then I'll go down the 159s. But – there was no need. So let's save some tire, save the bike, save myself, and just go win the race doing nope. what I need to do. And he did that. And and we have seen him do that this year. And this was a great response after, again, not a great time in the two weeks in, in Austria. Big response, just like Remy Gardner. Big response in the big moment. That was how you do it. But let's talk about Alex Renz now, who finishes on the podium for the first time this year. And he, we know he goes well here at Silverstone. Congratulations, Alex Renz. I think we're going to get you off the bow bus. Here, here is your stop, sir. <laughs> no, I, I, I was really happy to see Renz um, up on the podium this this weekend. Um, I was a bit disappointed because Mir kind of fell back. I really wanted to see both of those guys ride together all the way to the front of the field. Um, I was excited when I did see them kind of, you know, start hit to click together i was like all right this is going to be exciting to watch because we're going to see two suzuki's come through and start fighting um you know unfortunately that didn't pan out but Renz i just had the pace uh, over these guys and and Renz looked really good like you he said did. i mean he goes well here uh, i mean he started 10th and finished the race in in second so if suzuki could figure this qualifying thing out 
you, you know, we know What's that they qualifying. Right, yeah. <laughs> call call Maverick. He knows. Uh, Maverick's numbers just change. This is this is goes a long way for Renz in riding the ship that has been sinking. Um, if he can continue this run of form through the end of the year, I think he's got his ride. But I think they're waiting yeah, to yeah. see. And, and and so he needs to continue this. Top fives, podiums, maybe win here and there. So Renz needs to keep this going. He's got good momentum. He's finished a few races in a row now, and now he's got a podium for the year. This is what you needed to do, and he's done it. But having said that, the first Aprilia podium of the modern era, Alicia Spargaro, congratulations. I hope you cried tears of joy. Because you <laughs> do cry a lot otherwise. But you deserve all the credit in the world for doing this. It's been a long road. A lot of bikes. A lot of development. A lot of frustrations. But, man, I bet this must have been unbelievable for Aprilia. I love this for Aprilia. I love this for me. I love this for you. I love this for everyone who watches MotoGP because now we have another manufacturer to throw into the mix that we know is going to be competitive. You know, and this race was fantastic because there were six manufacturers in the top six. Isn't this, that cool? This That's is what so we cool. want. You know, this is exactly yeah. what we want. We want to see this entire, every single person on the cutting edge and fighting for these wins. And, and Alicia Spargo is no spring chicken. He's the second oldest person on this grid next to Valentino Rossi. So th that's, that to me, that's an, and I don't want to say that to take that away from He's Alicia still younger than talent. you. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Anyway, <laughs> trust me. Uh, <laughs> I think don't act uh, right. don't act if right. we're looking at medical to history, take a jab at the man. If we're looking at medical <laughs> history, you're still younger than me, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, Alicia Spargo. You know, he's. This was just a great. This was just a, a really, really fantastic result for Aprilia. Um, I love it. I, I love looking at that bike. I told I told Ange I don't know how many times that I I just I love looking at that bike and I can't remember how many times this weekend I told her, I said, I'm telling you, that bike looks like an F one car. If you smashed a motorcycle and an F one car together, that you would get an Aprilia R S G P. You know, it it just has to you just cannot I, I just I just cannot imagine the minute the amount of man hours and effort that went into this project, the RSGP project. When you think that they thought in three years they would be on the podium, mm -hmm. well, it's been a lot longer than three years, and they just kept the faith and they kept working because a lot of manufacturers, especially one the size of Aprilia, might have pulled out, but they did not. And I and I just I salute them for that. It, they have. They have ended the careers of a lot of <laughs> riders, but but somehow Alicia Spargo fought through it all, and he he really really did um, deserve this podium. It's been a long time coming, and good for him, good for Aprilia. This is good for racing, like you said, good for you, good for me, good for everybody. I had to see what the future holds for Aprilia and that RSGP. Yeah, and like you had said, just to echo what you said about this team that in the in the R and D department for Aprilia, that have essentially the last two years, 
they have thrown everything out the window and, and thrown a new bike at this grid. And this this year, completely redesigned the bike again. Brand new aero package, you know, different stuff on the bike. Uh, still used the V4 engine. Um, but, I mean, this was a really good recipe. I, I mean, and, and we kind of saw the writing on the wall, I think, whenever Dovey jumped on the bike and immediately was saying, yeah, this is this is a pretty good bike, you know, out of the box. This is a pretty decent bike. He's it'll be tough to fight for a podium, but it's not impossible. Right, he did say that. But you know what? I thought about when I saw Aleish get that podium. I wondered what it was like back at the Aprilia factory. The workers. I wonder if they went nuts. You know they did. You absolutely know that they did, I hope and they rightfully did. so. I hope yeah, they, did. they they deserved yeah. everything that they they could have gotten a bonus whatever that's such they, a big moment man that's such a big moment that was such a special moment for priya and and earlier i think it was it was fun to watch it was fun to to say that i actually saw that happen um but you know let's see what they can do moving forward uh did a good job all weekend he was fast all weekend here at silverstone mm-hmm. um but you have to continue the momentum and carry that on to the next race here in Aragon, and uh I hope I hope that they can. I hope that they can get in the mix because you're right. Six manufacturers in the top six spots makes for a good time. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be tuning in. I know that. Um, in fourth, we had Jack Miller. I I really thought Jack was going to spoil that Aprilia party. I, I, I did. Too. I was like, yep. Uh, he he just uh, he just didn't quite have it enough. Um, he waited a little bit late, you know. I think he got stuck for a little while in the race. If he had a couple more laps, he might have gotten him. But congratulations again to Aspargo for fighting Jack off because Jack put some moves on him, and he just fought it off. He just refused. He was just going to fight it off and and win the, and get that podium for Apriya, and and he did it. But Jack ran a good race, um, much better than his teammate who made a really poor tire choice, evidently, and it went awful. Um, but Jack. Ran a solid race, finishing fourth. That's good for him and good finish for Ducati. Yeah, no, agreed. I thought Jack Miller was really going to spoil that a party for that party for Aprilia as well. And and you know the the spite the spiteful individual in me kind of wanted to see uh, Jack Miller kind of do that just for you know some of the comments that Alicia Spargo had made. But um, Paul Spargo, top five with the Repsol Honda. Just tell me how bad that hurt. Terribly bad. But you know, I mean. <laughs> Actually, I told I told Angela said my ideal scenario right now is Jack. This was when Jack Miller was behind Paul. I said my ideal scenario is Jack Miller catching both the Spargo brothers and passing them. Um, man, man, you are not on the Spargo but, uh, Christmas card list, Bo. I'm you not. know that, right? Like, man. <laughs> but I think this you know, guy has a vendetta. There is a ven- listen, podcast <laughs> land. I don't know what they did to Bo, but it had to be horrific because Bo has a vendetta against the Spargo family. I do not want to know what it is. I don't want to get into it here on the air. Maybe we'll have a private conversation. But, but it is, it's a little alarming so and I'm gonna, also uncomfortable. Well, if you, I'm going to speak objectively now. You know, th- this was a really good finish for Paul Spargo. He's been obviously unhappy on the bike all year, um, blaming the bike for a lot of issues. Why would you say he was um, unhappy on the bike all year? <laughs> <laughs> okay, podcast land. Now you see you see who's poking the bear now, right? You see who keeps this vendetta rolling, right? 
I can't help myself, Bo. You know who I am. I understand this. I knew what I was getting into when I agreed to do this thing. That's right. That's right. But it, you're right. It, by poll, he took poll uh, position, which was amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and which is a great ride. And then he he put it in fifth, which is by far the year. Um, and but I have to be honest. This weekend was the weekend of things that don't normally happen happening except for the Fabio winning the race. And I I don't have a lot of confidence that Pole is going to continue this run of form, but maybe he will. Maybe they found something with that bike that he likes and he can do. Um, fifth place, fifth place for him right now has to feel like just a different world than where he's been all year. Oh, it's got to so, feel like a podium, you know. I mean, it's just yeah, it, it's it's really got to feel that that good. And I agree with what you said. You know, this is a kind of a weekend of one-offs, um, with the exception of, of yeah. Fabio. And I'll even go so far as to say, is um, possibly Renz, just because we've seen Renz be successful at this track before. Right. But right. Um, you know, Sunday man in sixth place. <sighs> Unbelievable. So if KTM, he didn't have to qualify. And could just be put on by factory exemption on the first two rows. <laughs> there would be some interesting racing going on. I mean, unbelievable, Brad Bender again on Sunday. It's unbelievable how good he is on Sunday and how bad he is on Saturday. What is happening? Yeah, figure I, it out. It's nuts. Um, it probably almost as as alarming as an equal like alone actually bringing home a top seven too on that. Yeah, KTM. no, that's that was that was what I have given Lekawona such a hard time this year at times, and man, a seventh place in the dry straight up. That's a solid solid finish. Good on him. I mean, does it not feel like his results have gotten better since the announcement that he would no longer yep. be, you know, he doesn't have a seat anymore? It's really odd to me that, you know, because, I yeah, mean, obviously I, the, the, the second it, well, Austria race was, man. yeah. I feel like the second Austria race is a bit of an anomaly just because, you know, the weather was crazy. Sure. But you still have sure. to be there to be able to, to you know, That's to right. get in those positions. And he was. so He really um, was. I, I, I don't I don't know. He's just found some form, man, and good on him. I got my oh, yeah, yeah. For uh, him. Absolutely. Because this, this this is how you get a ride for next year. Mm -hmm. may not be in MotoGP, but you'll get a ride. Yeah, and he, he um, needs a ride somewhere. If it's a World Superbike, yep, if it's back in Moto2, you know, whatever it, wherever it yep. may be, he He'll needs to be one. on the world level. He'll ride somewhere for sure. Uh, in eighth, Alex Marquez is starting to do better this year, and we saw this last year. Second half of the year, he started to creep up toward the front. That Honda is obviously hard to ride yeah. for everybody, and he's yep. he, he has soldiered on without so much as a peep of complaining. I think Alberto Puj actually uh, uh, admitted to that a bit this weekend. You know, he said that we've got to work. We've got to take the results that we're getting now and essentially started to allude to they cannot rely on Mark Marquez anymore to uh, ride Save around their bike. their bike. Yeah, to ride around the issues of their bike. They've got to look at their results, yeah. figure the bike out, and then get the bike squared away. And I think that what Alex Marquez's results speak to are those inefficiency or the down downsides to that Honda. Um you know, like you said, second half of the, the season starts to come into it a little bit more. He did well last year at um, Aragon, so I'm interested sure to did. see what happens next, you know, next week um, 
in Aragon uh, to see what his yep. results are going to look like, how what kind of pace he's going to have, because maybe yep. it does take them a bit to sort out what this bike is doing as the season goes on. Um, you know, because Honda throwing different changes, there's different chassis out. And I'm not sure what chassis he was on this weekend at, at Silverstone, but um, you know, it'd be interesting to pay attention. He was on to which the Fred one. chassis. The he Fred. was on the Fred, the Fred chassis from Scooby Doo, and you know, and Pole was on the Scoob chassis, and Marquez was on the Shaggy chassis. It didn't, it didn't work out well. You know, it's like the Benny Hill show in there, and they're just doing stuff. <laughs> And, and so that's the way I feel about it. But that's I feel like Marquez is on whatever Alex Marquez is on whatever chassis he likes, and yep. I, you know they they may have started to figure it out because he has he has become a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and he's yep. gotten better as the year has gone on. And now this is a super solid dry race, eighth place for a satellite Honda. If the factory Honda is not that good, how good can the satellite Honda be? Right. So. You know, it's it's a good race for Marquez. Um, in ninth, Joan Mir, who were a little bit disappointed, but he started having some tire trouble too, and um, he did the best he could do. I I think a lot of them were caught out by tires. I think a lot of the riders mentioned problems with tires here. Um, that's interesting because you know Fabio didn't have any issue, but a lot of the other riders did. They either chose the wrong, you know option or they they felt like the tire was bad or you know so joan was one of them he said you know i don't know i don't know what happened with the tire but we have to figure that out um yeah because it started to go bad he knew it early on he said he could hmm. feel st weird things happening in the front end i think it's you know it's interesting you mentioned that because i think ben Yaya actually they had contacted michelin and they were saying that they demanded an answer from michelin as well to, to figure out what was going on there so um but you know, Jean Mir having trouble with the tire was unfortunate for him, and you know it was big in the championship to lose 18 points that he didn't really, he couldn't really afford to do that. But we'll just have to see. He'll keep fighting. I mean, that's who he is, and yeah. we'll keep, we'll see what happens. But in tenth, we had Danilo Petrucci, which is a, two Tech threes in the top ten. Great job, great job, Tech three. I mean, Danilo needs. A ride somewhere i mean i think this guy is good enough to ride somewhere some of these other jokers we got riding around and you're telling me petrucci can't get a ride come on I, so i mean petrucci's he's got a ride next year it's just on dirt that's <laughs> but no that's not a ride <laughs> he's gonna be well he's factory supported by with the, in the dakar isn't it, or the dakar rally i think is what he's gonna be riding next year that's one time but he needs to be on a street he needs to be on a road bike doing road course racing but good for him maybe that's something he's always wanted to do um but you know he, I, I just feel like he's better than he's been treated and, no i agree uh, with that a whole you know 100 percent agree with that um and and i would love to see danilo petrucci possibly in world superbike possibly moto america taking it to everyone over here um, oh, if he came to MA, it raised the bar. I mean, he would unless absolutely they put him that on bar. that. Uh, unless they put him on one of those bikes that are that he had to build himself in his garage, then it'd be a struggle. <laughs> but you know, um, in eleventh, you know, let, let's mention some guys that just are not in good form right now. You know, uh, Zarco is struggling right now. Nakagami's struggling right now. Of course, yep, we know the yep. problems Pekka was having. It was a 
he was very upset after the race. I, I watched his interview. Um, he was he was upset. Not surprised that they reached out to Michelin with a you know with a big question mark and maybe some bad words because <laughs> if it was indeed the front, he went with the soft front and it just it was just terrible. Had not been that way again. So that, mm -hmm. I think they're what they're saying is he got a bad tire, a bad batch, a bad tire, you know, bad compound, something. Um, so I hope not, but, um, yeah, I think we got to mention that, you know, Marquez Gerloft Martin. He really did, uh, you know, and, and Martin made a pass under him, but then, you know, the move that Marquez made to try to cut back underneath of him, it just, it wasn't there. The space just wasn't there and it was completely misjudged by Marquez. And I think that that was a desperation move by Marquez, um, I think a lot of these are. I think we're seeing desperation from Marquez. He is desperate, desperate to be relevant in the championship again. And I don't blame him. He should be relevant. He's so talented, but but not I this he's year. Rushing it. He's still healing. Yeah, you know, year. he needs to understand where he's at this year so far with his with his recovery. You know, if you are not top three right now, I think it's it's okay. If you're Mark Marquez, I think you need to understand that. Okay, it's I need to okay know to where Marquez, I'm at. Though. Well, I, and I understand yeah. that too. You know, I understand it's that 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 hunger to want to do better. But I think that you that you have to have a little bit of self awareness too uh, when you're on the bike. That you know, you think about. It, I mean, he could have he could the same three we talked about with Gerloff. He could have hurt Martin, and and Martin's one of the yeah. better the stronger rookies or himself. That we've seen or yeah, it, they're worse. Yeah, hurt hurt himself worse because it was on that right side that he fell. Um, yep. so uh, I don't know. It's, it's, a. Uh, I think Marquez needs to just take the rest of this year and do what he can, not try to override the bike, not try to override himself and then focus on the off season. Hope the engineers can make a better bike next year. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, really. And hope they can make a better bike because I, I truly don't believe that Marquez can do what Marquez can do anymore. I don't think he's ever going to be able to do it. I think, he can save the bike like he used to save it. You remember all the saves he used right, to make? Right. I don't yeah. think he can do it anymore. I don't think he's physically able. I don't think he will be. I th even though he's young at 26, um, the body can only take so much. And there's some shoulder that had been operated on so that was not as strong as it was pre-operation. It had been dislocated more than once. And now you have that humorous in there. I mean, it's just not possible. It's not going to be what it was when you were 23. Um, so he's got to learn to ride a little differently. But I think, we've said this before, I think Marquez at 85% is almost as fast as anybody, if not as fast as anybody in that paddock. Right. So so he's got to learn that. And that's going to be hard because that's not how he's used to being. But how many times has this guy crashed now this year? Yeah, it, it, yeah. And like you said, I mean, I, you've, I, you've only got so many crashes in you. Yeah, I mean, he is using them up. And, uh, you know, he's got to get going. But I, I think, honestly, the biggest news of the week happened off track. And we just saw him testing in Mizano on his Aprilia RSGP. And we... Just learned that he is going to be riding the rest of the year starting in Aragon. What do you think? 
So that question's twofold. Um, because I, I have, hate it when I you have, pause like that because I think I lost you. No, I'm good. I'm still here. <laughs> I have to reflect. I'm, I'm a very I'm a reflective yep, yep, individual. Some, yep. so, I'm gonna, I want to hear what you have to say. I and then I want to give my my ideas. So uh, I hope this is a fantastic and successful move for Aprilia. Um, and I hope that Mark. I, I hope. Excuse me. I hope that Maverick Vinales is successful on the Aprilia for the sake of Aprilia. I think it puts Aprilia at the limelight. I think it draws attention to that team more. I think it brings them more sponsorship money. I, I think that it, it elevates that team and to a new level um, that they need to be at to fight. You know, with the, especially because they're going to have a full-fledged factory team with a factory budget next uh, year. I'm excited for what Aprilia has going on for it right now. Okay. And if I am Maverick Vinales, I would donate my entire first year's paycheck to Aprilia because they are they you owe them so much for signing you after how you behaved wow. at Yamaha. I, I I'm I, I'm still stuck on the fact that that the way that Maverick Vinales behaved in such an unprofessional manner, he needs to thank his lucky stars that he has a job at the moment. Um but, like I said, if I'm speaking objectively, I really hope that he is successful on that bike and um, elevates that team to a new level. Uh, um, because I think the, the team, that team deserves, that company deserves it for, for at this level, at the GP level. Like you had mentioned, they put in years and years of work and R&D and money and, and development and riders. Alicia Spargrove's been with them for a while. They've, they've had, they've tried different riders to, to bring them over to, to help take them to that new level. Um, and it's just not worked out. And, and maybe this could be the opportunity for them to get that bike in uh, more attention immediately. Um, but I don't know if Vinales is ever going to be a championship contender on that bike. Because that was of who, be my next question. Because of who Matt Maverick be Vinales is. Okay. <laughs> well, we know who Maverick Vinales is. Uh, Maverick Vinales on a V4. We'll see. But the second day in, in Misano must have gone exceptionally well for them to make the decision to bring him on at Aragon. Um, because he was only, I saw that on the first day, he was 133, which is seven tenths off Alicia's best time there. Um, which is good for a first day on the bike, I guess. Right, right. Uh, but, but he must have emphatically, because they went from, well, we he might be starting at Misano so he can get some more time and he'd be a track he's familiar with to, oh, wow, you're ready. Let's send you in at Aragon. Now, that was probably helped along by the fact that their rider, Savadori, was in really bad shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, he, you know, that ankle problem was a, called a, it was a malleated um, uh, a tibia or a fibia. Um, but anyway, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, tibia or fibia. And I can't remember which one, but it had to have surgery on it. So that was, that was, and you could see at Silverstone, he just was not okay. Um, but in terms of Maverick, I, I just, it's always amazed that how fast you can be or how good you could be, how it always gets you chances, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, every sport's like that. The guy that can't stay clean, but he's just so talented physically, always gets chances. The the guy, you know, the people that are in trouble all the time, but they're just so talented, they always get chances. And this is the way it is for Maverick. He's just so talented, he's always going to get a chance. But I don't think he's a world champion. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this right now. If Maverick Vinales wins a MotoGP championship on an Aprilia, I will go buy an RSV4 factory. I'll say are you right going to keep it or are you going to donate it to me? <laughs> That's the dumbest question you've ever asked. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's without uh, question you donate it to your best bud. No, I know, man. I would not give you a sniff of that bike. Don't even look at it. The only thing you give me is a hard time. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I will. I, I'm saying that. I'm putting myself out there. I will buy a brand new Aprilia RSV4 factory if this guy wins a world championship on the Aprilia. I'll do it. You heard it here. I, I'm very secure in the fact that that's not going to happen. I, I just don't see how it happens. I don't, I really don't. I, he, he doesn't have in my mind, a champion makeup, so he won't do it. Uh, and when you have such great competitors out there with him. And again, if Mark Marquez stays in the championship, I am 100% fine because I've said it many times about how Marquez lives rent free in his head Mm -hmm. And he'll get out there on that RSGP, and Mark will follow him out, and he'll go through pit lane, take. and Mark yep. will be there. It's one time, and then Maverick's going to get mad and throw the bike down in pit lane and throw his helmet at a marshal, <laughs> and then they're going to get rid of him, and and we're going to be like, this dude's unbalanced. Well, we I might need to <laughs> take it, you know. So no, so I, I'm glad got. you said that, you know, about Marquez because that was going to be my comment. Is the only in my eyes the only reason, or the only way that that Maverick Vinales is going to be a solid title contender is if he spear, spends a year with Akiyo first. Um, yeah. Speaking, you know, speaking of Akiyo, did you hear his post race interview? I dropping f bombs. <laughs> He's <laughs> dropping f bombs. <laughs> I like that guy even more now. <laughs> My favorite. But he was out there dropping f bombs. They were like, "Apologies to anyone that was offended by the colorful language." I, I could I, I I always if look most of the motorcycle fans in the world that's how they we talk so we don't care but I I'm sure they have to keep it clean you know but it a little bit like us you know we're Disney Channel yeah, um, yeah. but but that's because we want to appeal to the broader audience and so you can listen to us with your wife and kids or husband and kids in the car when you're sharing the love of racing. With us, so you know that's why we do it. Am I right? Absolutely. Let's talk about yeah. A, let's talk about Aprilia and Maverick though. Aprilia so and Maverick. Maverick, he seems to have taken to the bike pretty well. So let's see what happens. But I can't ever remember this happening in MotoGP, where a guy switches teams mid-year. So not a. Not, not a factory to factory. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because Zarco kind of, we saw the Zarco uh, Well, fall I was going to bring up happen, Zarco, but, but, he, but he left. He wasn't fired. Right, right. Uh, That's man, a little different. Yeah. 
And, and he still made his way to, you know, the satellite Honda team, I believe, is when, you know, he did the, uh, yeah. he rode for Nakagami when Nakagami was hurt, and then he found his way into the Pramac team. But no, no, like you're saying, um, a mid-season switch like this, um, it, it's surprising to me. And we had talked about it last week, you know, is Maverick going to race, you know, at some point for the rest of this year? And, you know, obviously we got a very abrupt answer to that, and, and we it was sure confirmed. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and then on top of that, you know, Dovey now going to be back on a Yamaha. Uh, you know, no, no, that's kind of a bombshell in itself, and we could talk, you know, for a while on that. But um, this uh, this silly season right now with MotoGP, this year just seems a little extra to me. You know, I mean, it's definitely kind of <laughs> – it's it's it, the train's gone off the tracks almost with so, so many changes that are going on and, and what, what all has gone down. And it – all stems back, in my opinion, um, just to that imbalanced Maverick Vinales that that basically blew his cool, you know, lost his cool on the bike, and and that that relationship with Yamaha that just deteriorated right before our eyes. Yeah, I, it, it, I think the cracks were already in the foundation there, yeah, but that yeah. really just blew it apart. And and I think. For one reason or another, and we don't know the whole story. So, you know, we're hard on Maverick about it because we saw him revving the motor. And that's that's inexcusable. You can't do that. But we don't know what was going on before that. But what I will say is I've always wanted an Aprilia RSV4 factory. So, um, you know, whatever. But the second thing I will say is honestly... Maverick has to do very well, and if he can't beat a leash on this bike, this will be one of the last times we see Maverick on a bike like this. This stop. Yeah, I think Aprilia. this is a, Aprilia is Maverick's Alamo. I think so. I, I think he he's got to do something special there to get another job. I, I I don't think Suzuki would take him back now. I I think. There was an article I read that mentioned the Japanese culture and how they are about honesty, honor, integrity, and all that. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, that's why Yamaha let him go. But I also think that's why he could not end up at a place like Suzuki now. They're like, we don't want that. We don't want that. That's not, well, you know. Well, you know, Suzuki And they know who before. he is. Exactly. They know who he is. So, and it doesn't look like he's gotten better. Right. I mean, he didn't do that at Suzuki, so I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky, a tricky thing to navigate. It's a, you know, it's one of those issues. Things happen, and we don't know what was going on in Maverick's life, and all that stuff is true. But, you know, you're a professional, paid to ride, wildly expensive, wildly exotic motorcycles at the highest level, and there are guys chomping at the bit to get. Right, and um, you have to treat it as a privilege to be there, honestly. And so, hopefully, he does that now. Hopefully, he he treats Apriya the way they should be treated. Um, but I wanted to say about Apriya and KTM, you know, those are two, and Ducati, they're two. Those are three really small factories in comparison to Yamaha, Honda, and Suzuki, and. They are really handing it to them. I mean, and next year, Ducati is going to have 73 bikes on the grid. I don't know how they're going to support all those things, but it's amazing to me 
that we have it, but it occurred to me that it speaks to my thing about Europe and the motorsport passion. Right. No, I agree. It's exactly what it does. So, what do we got to do? We got to make a Harley Davidson? Don't talk like that. No. That's... We're not going to make it look like a bagger. We'll do it. We'll do it with it. They do V twins. We'll do a V (laughs) six. Just a little humor out there for you. Podcast plan. I am hilarious, but I, I just think, I just think that speaks to the, the passion for motorsport. Again, that's another thing we talked about the tracks last time, but look at these three factories that probably together don't gross net what uh, a Honda does right? or a Suzuki or, you know, even a Kawasaki who couldn't be bothered to come to MotoGP now, which I don't understand. But yeah. But, yeah. I, w- I wish that that, I wish they would make that return. I, I, they just put all their eggs in the world superbike basket. I mean, why, would, why wouldn't they? Honestly, I mean, they were six time world, you know, yeah. consecutive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess sec- consecutive world time champions with uh, seven now. If uh, Tom Sykes won it the year before uh, Jonathan Ray started his run, right? It was it was more than two years. It was two years before because Gintley won. Okay. Them. Yep. But I I think you know uh, speaks to the passion and that's impressive to me and I I. I I love it. I love it. So I'll be relocating to Austria <laughs> where I can enjoy my Phantom RSV4 factory. Listen, Aprilia, you heard me. Get a good bike under there. I'm good. I'm good for it. One my bike bond. sold. One bike sold if you can get mad championship. I, I really, I just can't express how excited I am to turn on the races, regardless of what series it is, every week this year, you know, we talked about World Superbike and how that championship is shaping up to be super exciting, and that's awesome. Uh, this one's a little bit more like Moto America, where we kind of feel like we know it's going to happen, but there's a there's a fair number of races left. And yeah, um, speaking of races left, you know, we have we have hopefully the American round coming, and you and I will hopefully be there. Yeah, we're going to be there. That's all. I mean, we're going to talk positive Let's just be about po- that. Yeah, we're right. Gonna, that's we're, right. We're going to be, be there because they're getting pretty close, I think, as far as logistically, you know, shipping stuff over, getting everything squared away um, since it's a flyover um, to, to be able to yep. cancel that. So I, I think they're they're if they if they cancel, they're going to have to cancel soon, in my opinion. Um, of course, I don't work in logistics with uh, with MotoGP, but Dorna. But uh, oh, you don't. I don't. Not then yet. How did you get this job on this podcast? I thought I thought you knew stuff. <laughs> a little bit. No, I'm a great. I'm a fantastic armchair quarterback. That's that's, and I know how to. Oh, hear. right, right. <laughs> and I know how to work an internet browser, so I can that that mm. makes all the the fixings mm. for a good podcast Man. host. That's right. That's right. Well, if you remember. Fans, uh, in episode one, we did talk about the old armchair quarterback, and he got me. He tricked me. I thought he was in MotoGP logistics. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I know now, but I guess it's fine. We're 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 already in it, so let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I won't fire you tonight. Appreciate it. Maybe that. next week. Maybe next week. But Bo, are you ready? Uh, you got anything else that you wanted to talk about from the racing weekend this this weekend? I don't think so, Jason. I think we're uh, we're probably pretty running pretty close on time. So 
It's probably yeah, a good, yeah. good time well, to wrap it up and shut her down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, remember, we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Parkton Turn One. I know I posted a couple times this weekend about, you know, what I was doing and uh, we're going to keep trying to do that better. But uh, we also announced when we got our new episodes up. So follow us there at Parked and Turn One, Facebook and Instagram. And also, if you're listening and you're enjoying the podcast, listening to a couple of regular guys just talking about racing, you know, give us a like, you know, give us a, a rating on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever that is. Also, again, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. <laughs> we can't afford those. But I wanted to mention that we did go over 1,000 downloads yes. this past week. Glad you said and that. So, I was going to, yeah. And, and it, it's a kind of a big deal. It's kind of funny for us. You know, we've been kind of watching that, and we thought it'd be cool to get 1,000 listens. So for those of you that have listened, thank you so much. And uh, we'll keep doing this and hopefully keep improving, um, but no promises. I'm gonna, but I promise we don't you want to set the bar Bo too high. The polls, right. But we'll, I'm going to promise you that when uh, next year we're going to have a whole thing where we have bets on these weekends, and Bo's going to be wearing that Polis Spargo flag around town or to races to the track it's going to be awesome so thanks again and for all of you out there you know we just want you to keep that rubber side down that shiny side up be safe driving to the track this weekend i'm captain novice saying good night with my man Bo. you guys have a good evening thank you guys so much for tuning in to us